Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. What are we to be in pursuit of? We're to be in pursuit of what we just learned in chapter 13. He said, if you're gonna, if you're gonna chase something down, if you're gonna pursue something, you know, with eagerness and and you know energy, pursue love. What was happening in the Corinthian church, he says later on that they're very zealous for spiritual gifts, but they weren't real zealous for love. And so Paul says, I want to, I want you guys, you guys got it backwards. You guys, I want you to be, if you're gonna pursue something, if you're gonna go after something, go after love. Pursue that. In this world, what do you run after? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Bill, he encourages you to chase after love. Let loving God, others, and yourself be your aim. Many people are zealous for the spiritual gifts from God, but not love. The Bible says that without love, your efforts are pointless. Pastor Bill exhorts you to live your life like Jesus by showing and demonstrating love. Let love be what you're eager for. Be in pursuit of how to show love and to be more loving towards others. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. What we're going to do today, for you again, you guys are with us in chapter 12, we looked at a number of different gifts. Paul asked a question, you know, do all have each gift? And we realize that God has given to every believer, every Christian, at least a gift. Some people have multiple gifts and the, there's two purposes for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Who can who can bless me this morning and tell me what they are? Say it loud. Say it loud. It's Monica. All right. So the, the purpose of the gifts, if y'all, if y'all don't got it locked in yet, is to glorify God and edify the body. Glorify God, edify the body. Are any of the gifts to show how tight I am spiritually? Are any of the gifts to show how, how you know, how I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more spiritual than you? The gifts are to glorify God, edify. If any gift gets used in a way that makes a man or woman shine as more significant than a number, another member of the body, they're using it wrong. Uh, whenever we gather, who's the greatest person when we gather? If we do it right, it'll always be that way. There'll never be a time when we gather together and, and any, anything is a bigger deal than Jesus. Amen. And so we, we got that foundation. So now Paul says, but let me come back. The tone of chapter 14, it, it could almost sound like, you know, some people take this, the tone of chapter 14 and almost make tongues a negative thing. And Paul does a really great job of, of I think, giving us the balance because this is what happens to people. Sometimes we'll see the misuse or the abuse of something and then we just shy away from it altogether. And that's bad, too. Right. If God gave a gift and it, it's, it's for it has some purpose and some benefit. I want to know what the gift is, how it's to be used, that that it might glorify God the best. So that's what we're going to learn today in chapter 14. So look at chapter 14, 1 Corinthians, verse one. First thing it says is pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. And I, I stopped here when I first kind of was going through this and reading it. I'm like, okay, what are we to be in pursuit of? We're to be in pursuit of what we just learned in chapter 13. He said, if you're going to, if you're going to chase something down, if you're going to pursue something, you know, with eagerness and, and, you know, energy, pursue love. What was happening in the Corinthian church, he says later on that they're very zealous for spiritual gifts. But they weren't real zealous for love. And so Paul says, I want to I want you guys. You guys got it backwards. You guys, I want you to be if you're going to pursue something, if you're going to go after something, go after love. Pursue that. 
Pursue loving God. Pursue loving one another. Pursue loving those of the body of Christ. He says, pursue that with everything you got. He says, pursue love, but he says, desire spiritual gifts. So it's not that, and it's a little bit of a lesser. You know, if I'm going to pursue something, I mean, I'm going after everything I got. If you look up the word pursue, it means to seek after eagerly, earnestly endeavor to acquire. I mean, I really, really want this. If I'm going to go after something, it says, pursue love. And, and again, I, I can't go, I can't do, I can't redo chapter 13, but if you find, and I've, I know I've seen at times in the body where somebody could be, maybe people go off in tongues and got all kind of prophetic words, but they don't got no love. I mean, I mean, I, have, anybody know people that are speaking tongues and cuss you out? <laughs> what spirit is that? It's not the Holy Spirit. So I know people like that. I know people that are, oh, shabbatabada, and then, you know, cross them just a little bit, you know, and then it'd be a whole nother language that they speak in. So a four letter language. So that's not the Holy Spirit, you know. So if you're going to pursue something, if there's something that you're going to go after, go after love. That will honor God. That will bless his heart. That will be a blessing to the body. It's, it's more of a blessing than any gift that we just will love people. There are times where people come in broken down. Lo- just love. That's going to mean more than, than anything I could muster up. There are times where people come in here and they, they, I mean, I've taught. I use my gift. They needed a hug. They needed somebody to just hug them and love them and pray over them and let them know that, hey, we're, we're standing with you through what you're going through. And so, we need to pursue that. And so make sure. And now he doesn't say pursue love and forget the gifts. So I want to make that distinction, too. He says pursue love. He says, hey, but desire spiritual gifts. This is good, too. These are good, too. I got a purpose for these gifts as well. And so now look at verse two. It says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So first question we answer here is when a person speaks in tongues, um, they have the gift of tongues. They speak in tongues. Who are they speaking to? They're speaking to God. This helps us out, right? Because let's say we're in a gathering and someone speaks in tongues and then we have an interpretation. Well, the interpretation of the tongue won't be a word to you, right? It'll be a word to who? To God. So if someone speaks in tongues and we're going to see in just a little bit, he says, hey, if you do speak in tongues, you need to also pray that God would give you the gift of interpretation. So that other people could be edified. But he says, hey, if, you, if someone gives a, a tongue or speaks in tongues, they're speaking directly to God. And so some people will call the gift of tongues a prayer language. You know, it's, it's allowing us to communicate to God. God is God is, you know, it, it God is interceding even as you pray. And so sometimes if you look at your Paul will say later, I pray with my understanding. It means I pray in my normal language. But I also pray in tongues. I sing in my normal language. I also sing in, t- in the spirit. And this is what he's saying. Paul acknowledges he has this particular gift. And he says, there are times where I, I may, I may in, in my own words, be worshiping God. Thank you, Lord. God, you are, you know, just giving him honor and glory that's due him. And I can pray in the spirit. Now, I don't know what I'm saying, but God is, God is taking what I'm saying. It's honoring him. It's glorifying him. Now, this is where the tongues becomes an issue and where it maybe is abused within the body. And that personal worship and that personal speaking in tongues, I'm speaking directly to God. It's it's me and the Lord. I'm, I'm being edified. I'm, I'm being built up. I'm, I'm having a time with the Lord. If I stand here in front of you guys and I go for five minutes speaking in tongues, what do you guys get benefit from that? Is there anything you guys would be looking like, wow, he speaks in tongues. <laughs> he speaks in tongues a lot. You know, that that's it. That's it. There's no there's no benefit. And Paul is going to say as, as we wrap up this section, he said he said he'll say. When I come together with the body, I'd rather speak five words with the understanding than, than thousands of words in an unknown tongue. Because the goal of when we're gathered together, we want to edify one another. Amen. 
And so, again, it doesn't demonize the gift of tongues. Still a great gift. Um, but we, we learn uh, as we look at most of the gifts are for the benefit of others. Tongues seems to be the one gift that's for your personal edification. Um, can I ask how many people here have the gift? Of, are you, you, you speak in tongues? In your, all right. My hand is raised. I, I pray in tongues. OK. OK. I just want to know. I just want to know who we are. All right. Um, and we're going to see as we go through this that we, we want to ask God about each one of these particular gifts. Does everybody speak in tongues? We learned that in the last chapter, Paul says, do all prophesy, do all speak in tongues? And the answer was no to everything. So do I make someone who doesn't have people raise their hands? If you didn't raise your hand, are you less spiritual? No. Do you have less of a relationship with Jesus? No. Do you have less access to Jesus? No. I just want to make that clear because those are the things that people start doing. If if we make it seem like those that speak in tongues are really, whoo, those are the on fire believers. You guys that don't have it. You guys are like, you guys are bordering lukewarm. You need to be asking for more. What, what, what you create in a church when you do that is you'll create a bunch of people that I'm going to just fake it then. I'm going to just, you know, let me hear you do that one more time. You know, you're going to have people that are like, and that's what I think a lot of what we have in the church is that people that are. It's learned behavior. There's no, there's no true baptism of the spirit. There's no true gifting or manifestation of the spirit. It's just they, they watched it, heard it, and they're copying it. And so as you read through your Bible, when someone will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit or receive tongues, was anybody ever taught how to pray in tongues? No. God just gave it to them. They, they gave, you know, they gave use of their voice. Um, they allowed, they, they, they had to say the syllables or whatever, but they just, God gave it to them. Um, I will not teach a person. I will not say, okay, well, let's try this. You know, say this syllable and then say it faster and then, and then see if, you know, now just keep doing it. That's tongues. You know, that's, no one has to be taught. Uh, I tell people, go home and pray. Lord, if, do I have this? And then be open. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. If you don't, so what? Paul, Paul said in Romans, he says, hey, if this, well, you, you can, the spirit, you can groan and the spirit will make intercessions with groanings which cannot be uttered. So if you don't speak in tongues, just go, mm, just groan. I mean, just, it's just, it, it, nobody really has an advantage. God hasn't done this. God hasn't said, these people in the body can, can get closer to me than that, that group. Nobody has that. And so there's no one-upsmanship. There's no better things. But he will say there are gifts in terms of the body's edification that are better than others. So let's keep it moving. So when a person speaks in tongues, they speak to God and not to men. And it says, however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. It's a mystery to him. The person speaking in tongues, they don't know what they're saying. Uh, it's a mystery. To, that's why it's an unknown tongue. It's to the person speaking it. It is unknown to them. It might be a language that someone else knows. Paul said it could be the, 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 the you, you could be speaking in the tongues of men or angels, but it's unknown to the person speaking it. Verse three, but he who prophesies. So now we're we're moving over to a different gift. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. And so now we get a distinction between tongues, which is for personal edification and a prophetic word, a prophecy. And so. Uh, the word prophecy here has the idea. It's primarily has to do with prediction or revelation. So a prophetic word, God, you know, God, you know, something being foretold or predicted, something that's to come to happen or God revealing something, some kind of something, some form of revelation, something that couldn't be known. Otherwise, that God is by the spirit revealed the, the gift of prophecy would be used in that way. But he says this is the effect of. A prophetic word. It says he who's prophesied speaks edification. It should edify or it might be an exhortation, something you need to do or it might bring comfort. And so um, a prophetic word, as we look at prophecy, we could see that that would be beneficial as a group of people gather together. 
there may be times where, you know, God is speaking a word that just edifies you. And I've, I've seen these gifts in action. I've seen where a prophetic word will, it brings edifications. Just some, it confirms something that somebody was already praying about. And they're like, oh man, that, now I know it's the Lord. Um, I think I've shared before, but a, a buddy of mine, Pastor Brentons, who now is pastoring a church out in uh, Denver, out in um, a place called Louisville, Colorado. But when we were serving at Calvary Downey together, a church called from Idaho and their pastor had abandoned the church. And so they called our church and said, hey, if there, is there a pastor available? And, and they asked Pastor Brent, would he consider it? And so they asked him about this. We go out to Lucille's, get some barbecue for lunch. Me and two other, me and three other pastors. So me, Brent, Buddy Johnny, and another guy. We all go out. We, you know, we're Calvary pastors, so we dress regular. There's, there's nothing about our outfits that said pastors, men of God, you know. We're just there having barbecue at, at Lucille's and cracking jokes and having a good time. This lady gets up, walks over to our table, said, I'm so sorry to interrupt your meal. Um, she said, God told me I couldn't eat my food until I came and said this. And so we're like, oh, man, Ooh. <laughs> it's, here we go. Here we go. You know, but now there's four of us. And she turned to him and she said she basically told him that there was a ministry God had for him that, you know, he needed to trust the Lord, that he was, you know, God was going to. We're sitting there like like there's no we don't even she's not even from out here. She was out here to come to some conference and she walked over and we were like, bro. If you don't go, I'm not going to be your friend no more. Like, <laughs> you need to go ahead and pack your bags, tell your wife. Like, it brought, you know, and this is why that was so awesome. It brought edification because now there was kind of a comfort that God had brought such a confirmation that I know I'm supposed to go do this. Because sometimes when you do ministry, it's difficult and it's hard. And we're going to uproot my kids and my wife. We're going to leave home and family and in-laws and grandparents and all this stuff. But but now we move forward knowing I mean, God has confirmed his word. It's undeniable. That that prophetic word, it was it was supernatural, but it brought uh, it exhorted him what to do. And it also edified him. He was confident that God was in it. So so we don't want to write those things off. That's edifying. There could be times where, you know, a, a prophetic word comes and it brings comfort. I think of the time when Paul was on the ship with all the guys and Paul said, hey, guys, you know what? No, no lives are going to be lost. Just we're going to lose all the stuff, but no lives. If I were on that boat. If I was one of them prisoners and I, and I believed that that was a word from the Lord, I said, man, praise the Lord. Paul, I love you, man. Any, anything else you got to tell me, you know, uh, am I going to get to be free one day? You know, like, I mean, but I would imagine that that brought comfort to the group that Paul said, hey, you know what? The Lord showed me got no, no loss of life. We're just going to lose all this. Up. We're all going to make it. Um, that 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 would be comforting to hear. And so uh, prophetic word would be beneficial in the body. And so this is what I encourage. And I would just say it again, because there are people that weren't here when we first talked about prophecy. If because this is where I think it struggles. There are people that maybe God's given you a prophetic word. How do you know it's a prophetic word? Like, how do you how can you how can you confirm it? How can you know it? Uh, I told you all I, I hate that after the fact prophets. Uh, I hate the people that come after it happened. I, God told me that was going to happen. Yo, you know, you you after the fact prophets are y'all invalid. But but I will say this. If God tells you something and you know you should have said something, you didn't say something, and watch it happen. Don't become an after the fact prophet. Next time you need to know that was from the Lord. I need to speak on it. And so it's not really edifying afterwards. It's, it, it would have been edifying before beforehand. And so but this is what I encourage people to do, because some people are kind of unsure. Uh, they haven't really walked in this gifting yet. They're they're uncertain about it. I tell people to do this. Say I would go and say, you know what? I I I, I feel like the Lord is putting this on my heart. I believe this. I, I I'm not 100. percent I'm 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 new to this, but I I just want to be obedient. So I'm sharing it with you. Um, we'll learn together, right? If if this happens, 
I'll know next time that, wow, that was the Lord. And, and you'll know, too, if it doesn't happen, I'll know that I, you know, I got to watch what I eat, you know, or just I'm tripping or whatever, you know. But at some point we have to every gift of the spirit requires faith as an instigator. So if if God gives you the gift of evangelism, you got to have enough faith to speak, a, speak the gospel to somebody and give an invitation and see what happens. God gives you the gift of teaching. You got to have enough faith to stand up in front of some people and teach and see if they get taught. God gives you the gift of prophecy. You got to eventually speak out a prophetic word and, 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 and let the Lord prove it. And so each gift, even God gives you the gift of tongues. You got you to abandon your intellect and let the syllables of tongues that are unknown to you come out of your mouth. Every single gift of the Holy Spirit, they don't work without faith. You got to exercise faith for these things to flow. And so prophecy, while very edifying, you know, sometimes people will be sitting there in a, in a group like this and God's giving you something. Speak that. Share that. You know, I mean, just... In a group like this, I would imagine that, you know, there are so many things happening. I would say before you guys come to church, just pray. God, is there anything that anything that you want to use me to do today? Anything you have me to share? Anything you would have me to, you know, to actually be available to pray for people, to love on some folks? Is there something that you would, you know, lay upon my heart? Pray throughout the week. Pray that God would speak to you as you read the Bible and you read things. There are times where I'm reading the Bible and I'm like, God, if there's something that I'm reading that's to edify or to build up or to be shared with someone else, sometimes it's directly all for me. Other times there'll be something I read and God's like, man, text that verse to this person. You know, encourage this person with that, that thing right there. Look for opportunities to, to speak. And um, I've had times where people have hit me up and just said, man, God put this on my heart. Let's call you and share it. And it'd be spot on. Man, I, I am right now. I am. That is exactly where I'm at, I'm at right now. Um, there are times where God has put that on my heart, you know, to hit somebody up. Uh, I got a pastor friend of mine and he kept coming up, kept coming up, kept coming up. And I'm. You know, I had seen him and everything good, everything's good, you know, but it kept coming up as I, as I would have quiet time. So I called him. I said, man, you you keep coming up, you know, everything good. And he stepped away from where he was and he was he was getting whomped on. He was having all kind of warfare and stuff. And I'm like, OK, well, then let's pray. You know, let's lift it up, man. And um, we that 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 brings edification. Right. It's not a big deal. Um, we don't have to do that from the pulpit. You know, it, it may be that just among your brothers and your sisters that. That God is stirring up your heart to say something, to speak something edifying. It brings exhortation, edification and comfort to men. Verse four. Now, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And so he brings the distinction between the two gifts, why we would do one in the church and why we wouldn't do the other. Paul says, look, he who speaks in a tongue. He edifies himself. That's a self edifying gift. Um, And he who prophesies edifies the church. And so um, that's why, you know, in a gathering, we, we don't you guys know here, if you come here for a while, you, you, we don't have people standing up and going off in tongues in the assembly because it would be out of order. It would be weird. It wouldn't bring edification. Nobody would be helped by it. It would just be it would be out of place. Now, I will say this. There are times where I'm in worship um, and I'm worshiping and I'm singing the songs to the Lord. And there are times where, you know, I, I stop singing the songs. I'll pray in tongues. Y'all don't hear me. You know, I'm not it, it's not something that has to be done. At, at a volume that everybody around me is like, what is he? That's not the song we're singing, Pastor, you know. Um, but there are times where I may feel moved. I want to pray in the, the tongue or pray in English. You know, you have that liberty, it's, it's, but it's personal. It's not something that it wouldn't edify anybody else. It wouldn't be beneficial. I wouldn't do that. And I don't I don't we wouldn't have it here, you know. So but a prophetic word, you know, something prophecy wise. And that can happen through the teaching. But it, it also happens as God speaks through individuals, one to another. And so we want to be open to the Lord using us in that way because, again, it brings edification, exhortation, and comfort. Those are all good things, and we want that. Um, Verse 5, now, I wish, Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, 
unless indeed he interprets that the, that the church may receive edification. And so at least we come to the conclusion that Paul is down on tongues, or that tongues is a bad thing or a negative thing. Paul said, no, 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 I wish you all spoke in tongues. How wonderful would it be if y'all all spent time in, in personal devotion, being edified and built up? You know, I, I wouldn't imagine a person genuinely spending time in prayer and, and intercession and, and praying in the spirit. And I, I wouldn't imagine we walk away from that time in the flesh. You know, I wouldn't imagine that we walk away from a genuine just time of being with the Lord and worshiping and praying. And I wouldn't imagine we come out of that in a, in a, in a carnal way. And so Paul said, I wish you all were, were being, I wish you all had the gift of tongues. But he said, but even more, even more that we prophesy, that you prophesy. And he explains why. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Why? Unless he interprets that the church may receive edification. So why is the person that speaks prophesies greater than him who speaks in tongues? Because he edifies the church. So unless the person that speaks in tongues also interprets. Uh, once again, I've been in meetings where someone speaks in a tongue and we just say, I want to wait on the Lord for an interpretation. And the interpretation comes now. We could say amen. I could listen to the interpretation of the tongue and say amen to that. That was, you know, and whatever, whatever went forth in worship, whatever was spoken to the Lord in that unknown tongue, the interpretation will bring that forth. And, and to that, we could all say amen. And so it's unless it's interpreted, nobody's edified. It would be better for um, for prophecy to go forth. Now, verse six. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying or by teaching? And so he says, again, if I come to you speaking in a tongue, I don't edify you or benefit you in any way. But if I come speaking by revelation, something God has revealed, you would be edified. If I come speaking by knowledge, some some supernatural knowledge, we talked about the the word of knowledge that would be edifying. If I came prophesying, telling you something, you know, this is what God spoke to me. God's going to do this. All these things have the potential to be edifying. But if I come to you speaking in an unknown tongue, I I don't really bring anything beneficial to the table. And so I I don't want to skimp those real quick. He said, if I come speaking by revelation, by knowledge or by prophesying. So real quick, how many of us do that? How many of us go to one another and speak by revelation or by prophecy or by knowledge that that that, that we that we're, we're we're open to being used within the body in that way that, you know, God's given me this to share and I'm going to share it. I, I want I'm encouraging us that we would be a little freer in that. I think we're for whatever reason. I think some people are hindered because they're afraid to be wrong. Some people don't say nothing. They're like, I don't want them to think I'm that weird person, that spooky, dookie, you know, Christian or whatever. But, you know, sometimes when we act like that, we hinder what the spirit would want to do among a group of people. And so um, it'll be made very evident. Those that are off and weird. All you got to hear is to get you. I mean, you know, that's how you identify. You, you, you let somebody just keep giving words. And it's like ain't nothing you said ever happened. You know, or they, people give. Here's how false prophets give safe words. You know, God's going to bless you. <laughs> what week have I ever had that God didn't bless me in some way? You know, uh, it's just some generic, you know, you know, this this week. Brother, if God, God is going to bless you every week, I'm blessed. What does that mean? You know, give me something. When you look at biblical prophetic words, there's something that Paul said, we all going to make it. That, that means in two days when the ship, you know, comes to land, we're we going to be able to look back and say that was from the Lord. That wasn't from the Lord. We'd be able to verify that word pretty soon here, you know, but people get real safe. They, they even get prophetic words that require something of you. God's told me, that, I mean, if, if you just be faithful, God's going to do this, that, and the other. Look in your Bible. You find when God has spoken and the finality in which it's spoken. 
God's going to do this. Bam. Because he's God. He's just going to do it. Um, and so while I'm leery of that and we and then we judge prophecies, you know, we, we judge them and we, we don't just run with everything that we hear. But I think we can be so cautious at times as believers that we don't experience the move of the spirit in the way God would have us to. First Corinthians touches on how the city of Corinth was rampant with idolatry and immorality, not too different from cities of today. Does this mean that you run away and isolate yourself from the sinful world? No, but Paul's letter did communicate that as a Christian, it's important to live a life that's upright and pure before God, even in the midst of a dark and sinful world. When the pressure is great, your opportunity to contrast the dark with light can be even greater. How does one do this with all the influences pressing in? Keep looking to the Word of God for direction in all things. If you're seeking some assistance with where to read, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the Word on a daily basis. Look on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through 1 Corinthians. Before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. We look forward to joining Pastor Bill again next time right here on A Transforming Word. Transforming Word